Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's going down. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to Three Point Stands with Sean Smith and my great co-host, Drew Garrison. Let's get right into the show. This is episode 11, season 2. We got a special, special guest that we're just going to go right into and have. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a, he's a how do I say, um, one of the greatest guys I played against and played with. Uh, played O-line. Uh, he just recently got inducted into the Bengals Ring of Honor. Um, hopefully he get his gold jacket while he's still alive because the way he be moving sometimes I see on his Instagram and social media sometimes. I don't know what's going on with my guy. But now, nah, no further to introduce, man. Number 71, Willie Anderson. Fellas, what's good, man? What's good, Sean? Willie. All right, what's going on? How you on, feeling, man? Man, man I'm all right, man. Uh, despite what Sean say, I'm feeling so all right. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I am in a lot of pain, though. You know, that's that's, that's the life of getting old and, and being an ex-football player. We, we, we live in pain. Sean, know that. No, nah, I know that's why, I, bro, I, I'm giving you a hard time, bro, because just like you lost weight, I lost weight. But even with losing this weight, man, my body still hurt. Like, my neck, I be, I just be steady, just crack. My neck be cracking it. People be looking at what's wrong with y'all. Like, man, I can't get comfortable. I can't get comfortable, man. That, that neck is, 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 is something I, I've been dealing with for 13, 14 years of retirement. Just pain. And I get headaches so bad that I, I used to throw up real bad from just uh, bad migraine headaches that I get, man, like right in my neck. And I found out, Sean, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of ex guys dealing with that that neck pain, like right there on the left side that goes yeah, down. yeah, and, and it goes down sometimes to your shoulders. I almost feel like you got a stinger, but it's not a stinger, bro. It's like they, they say it's a pinch yeah. of nerves sometimes, but I'm not sure. So you know, I know you see you follow me and everything. Remember that time I was getting acupuncture? That stuff yeah, worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was working, loosening up some of that, you know, that tissue and all that stuff. But still, even after that, I can go get a massage right now. And an hour later, I'm like, damn, I need yes. to get a massage. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's, it's, it's a constant thing we deal with constantly, man, of pain and just injury and, and you know, all that, all that craziness. You guys are putting your bodies on the line every Sunday, man, for, for years and years. I can only imagine. I sleep wrong, and I don't feel right for a couple of days, and I haven't played a down in the league. <laughs> man, it'd it, it be, it be like that, man. It'd it be like that, man. So, but, Willie, let's let's get into it with all this. I mean, you watch football every Sunday. We have debates all the time about everything that's going on. Let's talk about O-line play in the NFL right now. What do you, what, what do you really think of it right now? I think, man, um, since 2011, since they changed the uh, collective walking agreement, the time these line coaches have had with guys have decreased. They've, they've got decreased time with pads on. And although we as players, we, we, would, we love to not be in pads and have less time in the offseason, but I've really seen it, it's hurt um, the development of that group in particular. And I think the, uh, one of the biggest reasons, Sean, you know, you and I talk about this all the time, is a lot of the offensive line coaches on every level are still reluctant reluctant to push their guys into off-season training with guys who specialize in skill development like myself and Sean. So every other position does it. You know, your quarterback's been doing it for years. I just heard recently um, the Jets 
hired um, Zach Wilson's quarterback coach. Um, uh, you, you see the things that our former teammate Jordan Palmer is doing with NFL teams. These teams are, are welcoming these guys in. The one position they don't do it is off of the line. And until these coaches, you know, I've been saying for years too that these teams need a third guy because you have your offensive line coach who's putting in plays, running off stuff, and then your assistant offensive line coach, he's basically just a hired slave, you know, to put it blunt, you know. No, nah, I mean, he, he, do, he, do all the, he do all the cards, he do all the dirty work, do every, he does everything. And he's the one that's giving us the information. I mean, that's like, is that every position? Every position have one. They give us the information. They're the one that you know. Not, I ain't gonna say they all, they study the film more than the other coach, but they're the ones that's giving you all the details that you need to go out there and win on Sunday. Yeah. So the third guy will be needed really to be a skill guy, just a skill development guy. I mean, how many times, Drew, you as a fan, you know your, your favorite team is the Bengals, but you've seen teams in the past. Where once your starting linemen go down, when the backup comes in, he's still prepared to come in and be like, thing, like, damn, he's on the team, he's doing the coaching. Why is he not looking better than what he's looking? Well, those guys have no time with the coaches. The coaches have no time to spend with those guys individually. You know, for, for years now, teams need a third guy, and that third guy just be about skill development. But you know, the problem be is um. A lot of offensive line coaches are reluctant to bring guys in to help, especially when you're dealing with ex NFL players. That for some reason, that position right there. I mean, I've been trying for years, and they want to put you into the coaching mode, but you don't need more coaches. Like you need a guy on staff who's all about skill and development, especially during training camp time. When once training camp starts, there's no skill development time. Guys don't get that, especially your backup guys. They definitely don't get that. You know what I mean? So, Do you think that something I've thought from my point of view, as I've watched college offensive change and teams go to more of a spread and they, you know, they go more, they're looking for, you know, more of the linemen that are slimmer and quicker. Do you think that that impacts players when they get to the next level because they spend, you know, four years in college playing in these spread kind of West, I don't want to say West Coast, but these really spread out offenses. Do you think that makes them underprepared for the NFL when they get there? Definitely. I mean, definitely, because you, you check out some of some of these um, college teams. I mean, the two positions that is hurting the most is quarterback and offensive line play. I mean, you take some of these spread quarterbacks, and these guys have never been under center in, and since they played peewee football. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, you know what I mean? And so you, and these NFL coaches still want to bring, like, like, look at the Bears. The Bears coaches still want to put Justin Fields under center. And I've been watching Justin for his whole high school career here in Atlanta. He's never been on the center. He's never he, he was never on the center at, in, in college. So until the coaches change their philosophy and say, "Hey, man, we're gonna we're gonna create something for him," um, like like the, like the, the Baltimore Ra Ravens did with, with, with Lamar, you'll, you'll still see QB struggling. But with offensive linemen, think about it. A lot of these guys in spread offenses, and even in high school, they haven't put their hand down on the ground since they played little league football. You know, right. guys go through four years of high school, four or five years of college, never putting their hands down, and then you get to the NFL, you want a guy, you, you drop the guy in the first round, you're expecting to be able to stop a bull rush out of a three-point stand, and he's never done it. <laughs> he's never done it. So, um, and, and it's definitely easier pass blocking in a two-point stand than three-point stands. 
Um, I think it hurts today's run game. You know, when Sean and I played, you know, um, early in my career, I'm older than Sean, but early in my career, I came in the league in the mid-90s, your running backs were your stars, you know. And, and, right. And, and you, you draft a lineman to go run the football. Like, the Bengals moved me to the right side of the offensive line after me playing left tackle of my rookie year because we didn't have big enough guys to play on that side. And defensive ends in the league then were your big, strong guys that if you wanted to run the ball, we couldn't run the ball with the guys we had, so they had to move me up to right tackle. It sounds crazy now in today's world, but, you know, that's who was over there back then. In the 90s, you had your bigger, stronger defensive ends, and your right tackle had to be a guy who can run block and, to me, pass block as well. But in today's game, spread offenses in colleges is definitely – because think about it. Running a, running a read option – in college, would make a lineman, you know, right or wrong. You know, if, if the QB pulls the ball, he could be right. You know what I mean? So, with the NFL, you guys have got to come pass block for Tom Brady for, you know, Tom Brady who's still doing five, seven-step drops, holding the football. Some of these guys just haven't done that because in colleges, the offense is all about going fast, and they don't need pro technique. I have two guys come out this year, uh, Paris Johnson and Brother Jones, who probably should be first-round picks. They don't need pro techniques in college. Just don't need them. No, nah, because they're getting the ball. They're getting the ball out in three seconds anyway, two and a half seconds. Oh. You know what I mean? For the for the most part, I mean, as you see, um, even um, it's so funny though. We're talking about this because as alignment, defense alignment, when we're rushing. It's a clock in our head. One one thousand, two one thousand, two one thousand. If you ain't made your move, you better put your hands up and try to block the ball. Yeah. Something batted down. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and then in college too, what you were saying too, in college, you have some of these teams who are your powerhouse teams. Your powerhouse teams have better players, have better athletes, and and in college, the lineman may have to hold up, like I should say, hold the ball for three seconds, and the star quarterback is throwing the ball. To his star receivers who who are better than the other team's receiver, but you get into the NFL now, and the talent is even, and the receiver has a little bit more time. He has to get open. So now these linemen have to learn how to, um, you know, block a, a Miles Garrett you know, and all these monsters that are in the NFL that, that you just don't see week in and week out in the NFL. I mean, in college football, because in the NFL it'd be a guy who gets six, seven sacks a year. He'll tear your ass up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Right. He ain't got to be a pro bowl or all pro, but he can be a really good football player and just not have the accolades. I mean, like Sean. Sean didn't have the pro bowl accolade, but Sean, Sean will whoop your ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and and, and there's plenty of guys around the league like that. You know what I mean? It was so but it's funny you say that, Willie, and I appreciate you giving me, you know, my respect and everything. It's the fact that like Drew, even when we played, I never was a guy that cared about sacks. Like my mm-hmm. era, like the early, the beginning, early two that came out two thousand and three. It was still run the ball then, run the ball. It, 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 you know what I mean? So it wasn't. I didn't care about. I said, yeah, guys was getting sacks. I don't play with Leroy Glover, Charles Grant, Robert Gathers, guys that they got <laughs> Buku sacks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And but it, it was never about sacks. We got people like look at your career. You don't have a lot of sacks. What you know about sacks? And I said, well, guess what? If they was getting the sacks, I had to be doing something, pushing the middle of the pocket to make the quarterback get out. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't understand that. that that's what um, I'm sure Drew noticed too. Uh, that's what today's pro football focus, that would make you more valuable today because they, I yeah. found out that they, 
they 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 graded everything. They they now have a stat now that I love this. They have a stat now for sacks against quarterbacks. So if your quarterback is holding the ball too long, or he's you know the guy think it's supposed to be a five step drop and the tackle's a seven, you know all that kind of stuff happens that people outside of football don't really know. They'll blame linemen for sacks when it's the damn quarterback fault. I remember um, uh, my first, I think my first start in Baltimore played against Robert Mathis and Rob beat me for like a sack and a half. And it was because, you know, one Rob is one of the top. Man, that get off, that get off is serious, man. Lee. But the bigger thing was Joe Flacco, a young rookie quarterback, Joe was like six foot six, long ass legs. And what Joe was saying, he threw a seven-step drop. He would drop back at nine. So, sure, you know, this at, at the Bengals, we coach Carson up where it's set up at. Like, Carson, yep. you can't set up at seven, at nine, and I think you're supposed to be at seven. You hit nine, you better climb back up to seven. If it's seven, your ass better climb back up to five. five. <laughs> the guards and centers, is their job to keep the, like, the guys on the line. It's us tackle's job to widen the pocket. Not just take a guy around in a circle. You have to widen that guy around because guys like Robert Mathis, who lead the who lead the NFL history, probably in strip sacks. If you don't widen the pocket as a tackle, the guy get a strip sack. So I, I had to teach Flacco that my his rookie year, like Joe, you can't stay at nine yards and throw the ball at nine yards. But he was, but he's a he was a rookie quarterback, and you see guys do that all the time, and they have to learn, especially your taller quarterbacks, your taller guys. Have to learn how to how to climb that pocket, you know. What I mean, if you guys see me on Twitter all the time, I'm fussing at college. I'm, I'm fussing all the time at college quarterbacks and pro quarterbacks who are your dual threat guys. When they feel pressure, they always run where to your right. Right. Yep. Man, man quit running right. right. Man, run straight. I've been arguing at Auburn quarterbacks for three weeks now. We scored a long last <laughs> touchdown last week running straight. You know what I mean? So as a right tackle, <laughs> as, a, as a right tackle, it's hard to pass block when your your quarterback scrambles to your right, and now your defensive end is is cut them off with the sidelines, cut them off. Just a bad habit that a lot of young young running quarterbacks have. But yeah. guess what though, you actually benefit from Tua. Mm. Two a left-handed quarterback. Think about all the left-handed quarterbacks. Not too many. So you will benefit from Tua because down you protecting his blind side. So here's this. So for years, right? So with the Bengals, you know, I negotiated three contracts with the Bengals, I think. And so it was always a thing about are you playing right tackle on the blind side. So I would show film. I got film now. And I just found out this that pro football focus, they have another thing, they have another stat on that. Your blind side, I've been saying this for years. Your blind side, if I'm the quarterback and I drop back and my head is turned. To my left, where's my blind side now? You're right. right You're right. Right, doctor. It's not where your back is at. Where your head is at. Yeah. Like, if that if that was the case, Michael Strahan and Reggie White, they would never get these sack records. T.J. Watts, J.J. Watts, they would never get all these damn sacks because they're on the so-called front side of the quarterback. It's not true. The blind side changes based on where the quarterback head turns. I looked in the middle. To the middle, my blind side is here now. Yep. My blind side, but my head turns left. I can't, I can't see this guy here. Your blind side is what you can't see. <laughs> they don't be understanding that. You know what I mean? That's it's funny. All, yeah, that's why all linemen now 
should be getting paid now. You got your guards getting paid, right, left, right guys getting paid, left side guys getting paid because sacks now they realize now they come from everywhere, not just your so called left side blind side guy. And PFF is PFF gets used in contract negotiations now. I guarantee it. Oh no doubt they are. I, I know several guys that use them. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's your leverage. You got to try to leverage as much as much as as much as you can when you when you when you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Hey, bully. Uh, question for you, man. Question for you is: um, Out of all the Bengals teams you've been on, what was the best one? The best one. Yeah, what year was your bet? Like, I don't care about record. Like, what you feel? Just like what year you feel like was the best Bengals team you was on? See, I thought about this one day, and see y'all. Look, uh, Drew too young, and Sean, you 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 weren't in the league yet. My my rookie year, we went eight and eight. Like, we were one or two games away from going to the playoffs. Like, like um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's crazy. I, I have a good long term memory, but I can't remember nothing. Hey, short term, I ain't worth a damn. Huh? Short term memory, I ain't worth a damn, bro. It's crazy, but uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars made the playoffs that year. My rookie year was 97 record. We were 8 and 8. We were one game out. That team, we had, you know, Garrison Hurts at running back, uh, Carl Pickens, you know, I'm team touchdown leaders, Darnay Scott, Big Daddy Wilkinson, John Copeland. Now, the 05 team was more star-studded, and we went to the playoffs. You know what I mean? We, and we unfortunately lost that first round. Lost. Yeah. Man, hey, man, that 05 team, that's a ring if Palmer yeah. stays up. Nobody will ever tell me different. Yeah, the, the, the 05 team was, was definitely special, man. Like, it was just – it was finally – it was like getting Carson. Like, it's one of the reasons why I don't let people bad-mouth Carson because Carson came in with the same bright eyes, uh, high expectations that Joe Burrow did is now, and and Carson just went through. He dealt with a different organization. The Bengals are different now, and um, Carson dealt with a lot more things that people know about. You know, what I mean, Sean know this, but that team was definitely loaded. I mean, you but you look at it. But I always like I always like mentioning my two my nineteen ninety six team because we had some balls in that team, man. Like I said, we were one game away from winning after starting off like terrible. We're on, we're on a crazy streak. But uh, the 05 team was definitely uh, probably the most fun because I, I was at my oldest. It was, I was uh, my 10th year in the league. <laughs> hey, 10th year in the league. You know what I mean? And, uh, hey, we was, hey, we was rocking, bro. We did. We, we, we was rocking. That was my third year in the league. I, I don't, I, you know what I mean? It was, that, that was a good season for us. We, like you said, we had a star stud. We had, offensively, we had a star stud offense. Defensively, we have a bunch of this heavy hitter names like that, though. So we talked about the, your favorite Bengals team, but uh, recently you were inducted into the Bengals Ring of Honor. I was actually at that game, and I was very happy to be able to see it. Yeah, man, uh, shout out to Betfred Sports. They, they put me up in the suite, so I had a good view. Oh, nice, nice. So what, what was it like when you got that call, man? Because I know, uh, you know fans voted for it. There was a lot of support for you. Um, what was that night like when you actually got there and got to put the jacket on and see your name up there on the stadium? It was crazy, man. Um, um, the, 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 a better night, you know, also was uh, the night before. They, 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 they had the first time they had this thing called um, the Legends Dinner, where um, all Isaac Curtis teammates, um, they got on the stage with him. 
and they all told stories. He, he, had, he had a lot of guys uh, come back with him. And um, they all got up there and told stories about, you know, days with Isaac, a lot of funny stories. You know, guys sitting around drinking. But the, the best part about it, walking in the venue, I started seeing teammates of mine that I hadn't seen in freaking 20 years. I hadn't seen Ken Blackman, you know, uh, my fellow my fellow guard since he shit, he left Cincinnati. You know what I mean? Um, I had seen Brock Gutierrez, um, uh, both those guys, my draft class guys, Brock was a free agent. Ken was a um, third-round pick. Marco Batavia was our second-round pick that year. Hadn't seen Marco since he left. You know, played several years with these guys. So these guys hadn't really seen me um, the 2000, in the 2000 versions. I mean, like, those guys left like 99, and I think Ken left in 98. Marco left maybe 99, 2000. So um, a lot of the stories those guys told of me was so contrast from the stories that Levi Jones told of me. Uh, Shane Graham, uh, Richie Bram was there. Um, Joe Walters, a guy who helped me with my career. You know, the Bengals drafted me to take Joe Walters' position. And Joe Walters, you know, was, was so cool with me, man. Like, I was not going to let Joe Walters hate me as a rookie. He'd been there for 12 years, and the Bengals drafted me to take his position. And, um, you know, new O-line coach. And so um, those those guys could have resented the first-round pick that year. I don't think the Bengals had had a first-round pick um, as a lineman. So I got there like eight, nine years before me. So those mm. guys, those guys could have easily resented me. But they didn't, you know. I made sure guys like Joe Walters didn't resent me. I did all I did all the rookie duties. Like I, I stood in Joe, Joe Joe Walters' left hip, man. And um, <laughs> seeing Joe, I always see Joe back around. Saw his son, but a lot of the guys, big Stacy Andrews. Um, you know, Stacy actually has been helping me on Instagram with uh, last year. Was starting. I started my process of losing this weight. It was because of some tips that Stacy gave me. So seeing Levi Jones, you no know, Sean, no Levi, now we all in a big group text. But um. Had seen Levi since like 2013, 14, I think. But that Legends dinner was was a special night, man. Real special night. Coaches got there and talked about uh, Paul Alexander, um, Jim Anderson, uh, uh, Ray Oliver. My boy Ray Oliver told a great story about me. So that was a big thing the Bengals did. That was the first year they ever did that. And to me, that was a huge thing. And I, I told Elizabeth Blackburn, I said, "Hey, I don't know what's gonna I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow at the game, but the best part of the week so far has been." that Legends Dinner, just seeing my boys come back. And we all telling stories. We all having a good time. Everybody having food and drinks. It was a blast, man. And then, um, you know, game day was just just, just so real. Like, you know, my family and friends were on the field with me. Um, um, Takeo came back, too, as well. Um, the only, only bad part about it, we couldn't get the players on the field for the ceremony. Like, all the guys kind of got lost in the stadium. So, I'm working with the Bengals right now of trying to help them um, better that process. But they did a good job, man. Like, we're, we're a long ways away because we're probably about 40, 40 years late on this day. Man, man we ancient time, man. I mean, and I got to tell you what the Titans do for their veteran guys, man. Like, they fly you and your spouse or whoever back to a game, put you up for the weekend, um, go to the game have a party Friday night, Saturday, do it like a team bonding, go to practice, walk through, hang with the new, you know, the current players, talk, travel mm -hmm. up to Pittsburgh. I mean, I think every organization has has done some stuff so far. They call it alumni weekend now, treated like homecoming. Yeah. You know I mean, everybody around the NFL is getting better at it. Uh, shout out to the NFL PA and all them people, uh, guys, the union, I mean, guys like Willie, 
and everybody that's just trying to, you know, keep the brotherhood. As you see, uh, it's funny because we talk about a lot of stuff in our group chat, man. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of stuff, uh, man. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Adrian Dingle. Um, uh, played at Clemson from South Carolina, from the lower country. Good dude. Knew, I knew him and his family personally, too. So it's kind of crazy, wild to get, get that news when I heard it in the chat. But, um, like, the mental health stage of guys and former players, even current players now, is huge. And it's, I'm glad a lot of guys are speaking up about it now and talking about it because, man, they say he was depressed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's easy to be depressed. You know what I mean? It's the littlest thing because when you go from being in a routine and then now it's all taken away from you, you lost. It's like a person when they have to go see now. They can't remember you lost. You have to, you don't know you don't know which way to go. Like like I tell these guys, I, well, you hear me all the time. I say silly stuff, but I don't mean no harm by it because I be trying to have fun and entertain it because what no I always say, we ain't pro we ain't promised tomorrow, yo. We ain't promised. We, we we never promised tomorrow, man. So that's why I, yo, once again, I give you your roses now while you're alive, man. You're a good dude. You'll get somebody the shirt off your off your back. And speaking of shirts, let's jump in right in. Tell us about you know, at the Ring of Honor, you was wearing. Um, <laughs> you was wearing. I, I, I don't want to mess up. I'll let you say it, but uh, it's the Big Willie gear. Okay, big yeah, Willie. the Big Willie gear. Okay, I, it yeah, is, man, it I got some on. Yeah, you got some. On. That's uh, I got the old stuff. That's, that's some of the old stuff, Drew. But that, that stuff's still cool though. The, those are my academy shirts. Um, right now, I got the um, everything BigWillie.com. Um, a pair of stuff is out right now. Um, it's been doing real good, man. Um, I always wanted some apparel, man. Like, I always thought we as players should all sell apparel. Like, you know, I, I, was, I was always mad when the Bengals didn't, you know, they they never had my jerseys in the size of regular people. Like, you go into the freaking, um, into the, uh, the the player shop, and you got all these big-ass giant jerseys. You <laughs> had Ocho, you had Ocho, all these jerseys was in regular people's size. So all the girls were able to get mediums, the, pink, mediums. The, pink, the pink jerseys. I never had the jerseys or any kind of gear for regular people. Like I look at the stands, it's always it's always huge, big ass guys wearing seventy one. You know what I mean? And and women <laughs> always always ask, we can't find your jersey. And then we would have people, you know, in Mobile, Alabama. You know, obviously, uh, you know, there's no uh, Bengals gear in my hometown. There's no Bengals gear here in Atlanta. So I always wanted to have my gear, man, and, and I always kind of push the players to to get into. Uh, to, to get their own apparel and gear because our fans, our fans support it and buy it. I think I think our, the material that we have right now is, is some really good stuff. Um, I, I love all the, the stuff that people have to, to pick from. Uh, uh, Sean Hobson's wife bought a, bought a nice hoodie. Hobson got a polo. Yeah, um, I see. I see. I seen the gear. I had actually went. I was like, "Yo, okay." I didn't. Even, I didn't. Even, yo, as much as I was saying, I don't know about it because you don't post it. You ain't post about this, bro. You may have posted about it on the gram, but you ain't post about it on Twitter, man. I'm tell you, I one thing about Big Willie, man. Big Willie, Big Willie, Big Willie's a teddy bear, man. Big Willie is shy, man. Big Willie, man. But I tell you that he'll fuck a motherfucker up if he had to, though. But no. he, he, you know <laughs> what I mean. But but Big Willie's like cool, just like me, like. We used to battle every day in practice. I used to get every on his day. nerves. Like I used to get on his every nerves. Day. Leave. I used to get on the whole O line nerves. I used to get on a. I used to get on an O line coach nerves. Coaches. <laughs> like, like Paul, man. I like Paul. He can't block me, Paul. 
Man, man, well, you well do it in the game. I said, well, if y'all play me more, I will do it in the game. <laughs> if you play more, I, I used to say that. I, I was, I was always straightforward about how I felt about it. Yo, my confidence was always a thousand. I remember, I was, I'm gonna tell you this story. You remember in 2004, uh, Willie, when I first got claimed me off waivers from the Saints, and mm -hmm. I walked into the rock locker room like I've been there. I didn't give a fuck. Rudy <laughs> J was my dude too. Like, hey, who are these niggas, man? I don't care about nothing. Yo. I came out like, what? Boom, boom. Made myself at home. Everybody looked like, man, who are these big niggas? <laughs> and it, it's been, it's been on since then, though. You know what I'm saying, though. Now, so, now Sean definitely came in with with a bunch of uh, uh, confidence. I put it that way. He, he had a bunch of confidence. Uh, he told Marvin from the first day he should be playing. And we, and, you know, so as veterans, we didn't, we didn't think he can play. We, we didn't know, but until he got in practice, you know what I mean? And he did it. He did it in practice to us. Um, unfortunate for us, we played against him at Cleveland. He did it, he did it against us at Cleveland. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he definitely earned his rep around the league as, as one of the most dominant guys, you know, especially, like you said, uh, stopping that run. Like, and in the league back then, we had to run the football. Everybody was trying to pay guys like Sean, you know, big guys who could move take on double-team blocks, hold those gaps up, you know what I mean, and, and, and get those tackles for losses. That that kind of that, that style of football play was, was huge back then. They don't exist anymore. They like full back. Now, hey, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, though. Let's jump into the coaching cristal, right? You know what I mean? Talk a little about coaches because if I was a head coach, I'm going back to the I formation. Mm. I'm going back to a fullback. Mm. I got you. Got to make a defense be honest and respect. You know what I mean? Yeah, I go twelve person. You know what I mean? But I'm gonna go two tight ends. You know? You know what I mean? I'm I'm, I'm smashing my football because I still believe if you if I, I'm playing bully ball the whole game to set up my play action afterwards. Hey, hey, Auburn came out. You know, um, shout out to my boy Cadillac. Is is a new Cadillac Williams is Auburn's um, head coach right now, and they came out last week as Mississippi State. I formation, you know what I mean? Two tights. And it's funny that you say that because a lot of teams can't defend it because they don't practice against it. It's like down here in Georgia, when Georgia Tech's running that damn, uh, that wing T, whatever they're running, you know, yep. guys, teams couldn't practice against it, so you couldn't stop it. You know what I mean? It's like in basketball right now. You're like, you know, all these guys, all these seven-footers in basketball, there, there's, there's not many guys playing in the post, so when a guy like Joker – Get your ass in the post. He killing guys yeah, because they don't know what to do. They, they can defend it because the AU coaches got him playing outside, shoot threes and shoot threes all day. And they can't defend the post. So a guy like Joker who can do it all, or Luca, they, they can do it all because they, they're used to training. You know, you know, multifaceted football, uh, basketball. But in football, I agree. Some sort of that game should come back because teams are not practicing for it. And it's all dependent on if you have that kind of football team. Hell, the Ravens do it. The, 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 the Ravens the Ravens sometimes put Lamar in shotgun, but they're not in. They'll put him on the center and put a fullback in the backfield and, and run it because they have, a, they have a power football team. And that kind of makes sense what they do. Yeah, because it's like basically I'm letting you know what I'm doing. You got to stop it. Mm -hmm. If you can stop it, you stop it. If you can't, you, you can't. But, but I, I am a fan of spread offense. I'm not going to lie. I don't like to spread runs. <laughs> Like the, the the spread run game, like I said last week, if you if you see um what I was tweeting during the game, um uh, the Bengals game last week, I was tweeting about um 
about the Bengals. The Bengals were using the Browns running plays. And I always say, if your running back is struggling the way um, Joe Mixon was struggling, you got to game plan some runs against him. And I think in the previous weeks, the Bengals were just handing the ball off, trying to get yards, and they couldn't get them. But last week, they game planned runs. They were pulling guards and tackles. They were putting double teams at, at the point of attack. They ran power. They ran counters. If you watch um, Chubb's, um, Nick Chubb run, the Browns do a great job of scheming plays for him to get him running game, uh, running room. Oh, yeah, but running room and him coming and he's coming downhill. He's coming. He's coming downhill when he's when he when he's running. You know what I'm saying? He's he's coming major downhill. Yeah, they'll change it up though. They'll fake downhill and do it run a, run a outside a outside. long outside zone. So they scheme and play for him. And I think I don't think the Bengals were doing it the first couple of weeks. They did a great job over last week, and they scheme run plays for Joe Mixon. He had a freaking career game. So, and yeah, that's I one could... thing that I was actually going to point out because I know you keep up with the Bengals. I know you watch, and when I was watching the game, so I always get you know I got the NFL Plus. I like to watch the film the mm-hmm. next day when it drops. I have you know limited dude knowledge, but one thing that I noticed was. They stopped doing so much of the zone run, so much of the outside zone that Frank Pollock's really known for as a run game coordinator. But Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, you know, they're not super fast guys. They're not quick side to side. So I think that wasn't working. But when I watched the game Sunday and I watched it back, I see Joe Mixon having this game where he goes crazy. And then I start to see that they're running more traps. They're running more pulls. They're not. They They're scheme. not necessarily doing as much outside zone. It seems it's, like the run game scheme just completely changed, and then Joe Mixon scored four touchdowns on you, the ground. You have to, man. You can't – if you can't – like Sean will tell you this. We, at 05, 04, 05, 06, we ran – Power. One power play, one side, to the right side. Right side, baby. Big balls, baby. Balls. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby and I, Reggie Kelly, Reggie Kelly. Richie Graham blocking back. And Eric got checked pulling. Like, and I didn't realize that Sean until like a couple of years that like this I've been retired now since 08. Levi said one day, man, we ran power to one side. I said, damn, we damn sure did. We never ran a 25 power with Bobby pulling. We ran to one side because that that side of us, you know, Bobby and I, I played at 340. Bobby was freaking 365, probably. You know what I mean? Reggie Bobby Kelly. Oh, game day, Bobby was 360. I don't care what nobody <laughs> say, Bob. <laughs> Reggie Kelly at tight end, blocking, you know, uh, one of the best blocking tight ends you'll ever see in football, blocking guys one-on-one by himself. But we could we could create movement. And so your, your run game can be simple when you got guys who can create movement. But when, when you can't create movement, individual blocks, zone blocking, whatever it may be, uh, the tackle on the end, the guard and the three technique. When you can't do that, you got to scheme plays. You got to run traps and counters and pull guys and all the different things that the Bengals did Sunday. They did, they did a great job of that. So hopefully in the future, they'll keep doing that because they it, it, they might not have the the personnel to block one on one all game like that in the run game to create movement. And and see see Keith that you just said though, and that's the problem around the whole NFL though, not just with the Bengals, all teams. They don't make enough adjustments, and that's why, going back to what you were saying earlier, teams need a third eye sometimes, a skill player, especially on the field, to help them see something that a coach ain't seeing. I don't care because coach is co- caught up in the game. So you need somebody yeah. else to tell what's going on. Like I remember even when I was a starting, you know, I'm telling the guys in front of me, 
yo, when I see you while I'm on the sideline, I know if it's running, you know, if he light or if he leaning, just like I knew when Bobby was on double team, you know, his splits is tighter. He started leaning a little bit because he want he want to get up under your pads and make sure y'all, you know, because y'all yeah. used to run railroad guys from about 10, 7 yards out, you know what I'm saying, 17 yards yeah. all the way down, you know what I mean? So it's just crazy that guys, the people don't understand the importance of making adjustments and using your personnel the best way that you're supposed to use it. You don't always have to have the best talent, but you got the technique, you win. It just baffles me sometimes, all the NFL teams, college, like, I mean, like, yo, if I was in a room, like, I'm not saying I'd be a great coach, not saying that, but, like, you just wonder sometimes, like, what the hell are y'all doing all this time? Like, what are y'all No, doing? but you know what? You know, you, you know why? This is the thing people say. I tell people all the time, you know why we we are good coaches, bro? And we'll be good coaches? I'm going to tell you why. Because we teach. We break it down yeah. to the little things, though. But that's what that's the difference between us than some of these guys that's out here just be trying to get money from kids and parents to do a certain things. Right, are you really teaching this kid? Like, if this kid came to you already a five-star, how do you make him better? Make him better. Tell, exactly. me, tell, tell, tell me about the two-star, the three-stars that you made into no five-stars. That's no what makes you a good coach. And no that's doubt. what also makes a good coach in the NFL. Like, yo, I praise – I seen Jay Hayes, what, a week ago since, you know, he got the XFL out here. Yeah. He called me up. Yo, he called me up about, like, 9 o'clock. Hey, I'm in your city. Da -da 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 -da. I'm like, all right. I'm gonna come to practice. Come check you out. You my dog. You stood on the table for me when a lot of stuff that I I didn't mm -hmm. know. That now that I'm done playing, you used to tell you told me, and it's like, yo, I have the utmost respect for you to go, yeah. you know, above no, and beyond. No doubt. no doubt. But that that but that's not just training though. But that you'd be surprised. I don't I don't I don't know if um a lot of coaching. No coaches too. I like, mean, I, like like people always ask people always ask. Well, why, why are you not coaching? I say because. On the NFL team, what y'all think is coaching is not coaching. What we as players think is coaching is teaching. Well, teaching right. is the least teaching is the least part of a day. Teaching skills, rather. In the NFL, they spend more time than any other league in the history of sports on who to block, not on how to block. Like every NFL player gonna know who to block. They, they, they're gonna spend so much time because the coordinators. <laughs> The coordinator sometimes, I feel like we're in college football, and um, I feel like that offensive coordinators in college football have taken the the, the, the nuts and guts from offensive linemen because these coordinators want to show how dynamic my offense is. I want to go fast, no huddle, all this stuff. And I don't know if they really care about, like, I remember years ago going to a practice, I'm not going to say who practice it was in college, and just seeing how fast they were going to practice and the offensive line coach will have very few time to even run repeat to teach run drills. Like run period was so fast because the coach, the coach want to go through a, a three-hour practice in two hours and go fast, go fast, go fast, go fast. And that kind of that hurts the development of your offensive lineman. But the offense looks looks pretty. So in the NFL, NFL coaches don't have time, especially I was saying earlier, Drew, once training camp starts, there's no development, skill development, guys. You know, and Sean this in training camp, the O-line coach, O-line assistant coach, at lunch, they don't even eat lunch. They're upstairs running plays, going over more plays. Like, the, the, the two times I was, I was with the Cowboys as a, as a consultant, I was with Hugh Jackson. The O-line coaches don't even do lunch. They don't have time. They up, 
the, the players that eat the, the players that eat lunch, uh, the coaches up 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 at practice up at uh, up in meetings, watching that morning practice, reviewing practice. So now, say if you got a backup six round left tackle who they expect to make the team play, doing lunch, a two hour three hour break. That's when that third coach should be able to take him in the indoor facility and work and work on football. You know what I mean, right. maybe maybe not, maybe not your starter. Your starter is a veteran, whatever, whatever. But your backup guys in training camp gets no. They get no specialty work. They're they're expected to know football. I tell agents and parents now: when your kid goes to the NFL, don't expect to get the best coaching in the world. No, nope. yeah, and Sean Taylor too. Don't expect to get the best training in the world, the, the best training table in the world either, because it's not. That ain't the NFL. <laughs> no, that ain't the NFL. Only time yeah. I ain't gonna lie, only time the food be good is at the hotel. Whatever hotel. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry, training table meaning. I mean, I'm sorry, training table meaning the training, the training room, the the, the therapy, oh, yeah. oh, the massage. Oh. If you ain't paying for it yourself, like you behind the sticks. If, so you if, you, if you trying to have a long career, like like you trying to have a long career, like Willie, myself, and other guys. Yo, we used to be in there in a hot tub early in the morning, cold tub. They be like, man, what y'all man, all right. Y'all see our body, we lasting a long time. We, hey, we may not practice on Wednesday. We, we may not practice on Wednesday. We be good to go by Friday, though. You know what no I'm doubt. saying? You got to invest, invest in yourself because, like, you get there thinking, oh, this is the best of the best. No, like, they're expecting you to be a professional, and some of these people just throw you out there, and especially our offensive line position. They, they throw you out there, and like I said earlier too, Drew, they're not at that position. They're not encouraging guys at the rate of other positions to go get help from other guys because O-line coaches are so freaking territorial. D-line guys will bring a guy like Sean in. They'll bring Chuck Smith in. They'll work with guys all the time. Offensive line coaches? Oh, hell no. Nah. If you teach something different technique-wise – Oh, I don't want I don't want Willie to I don't want my guys learning that. Right, my guys are my guys are two-hand punchers and Willie's on that individual hand stuff, individual hand, independent hands, and we ain't doing that shit. And I know coaches who guys are giving up sack after sack after sack after sack. And they won't change it up. Guys still two-hand punching. And they losing. And that's you know, that's the way it is. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why you don't see a guy like me coaching, because they don't consider what we do, what our specialty is. They don't, they don't consider that coaching. Coaching is being on the computer, running off plays. They, they don't think we as ex-guys can run a classroom, which is, which is stupid. You know what Not I mean? Because it's, it's, it's so easy. Like, because it's like when you – think about when you prepare all your guys that you, you know – It's hard It's hard to get freaking high school kids. Like, last year we put 15 kids in college. Like, I, we worked our ass off with them kids the last two years. Like Sharon said, to get kids from no stars – the two stars, three stars, the four stars, and put 15 kids in college. I guarantee to you, NFL coaches won't have the patience to get with a kid who can barely get into his damn stance. I mean, watch, watch what they're doing with, with the college guys. They're drafting the first, first, second, third, through fifth rounds. They're better making those guys better. So imagine, I mean, they, they, imagine, imagine they, one of them guys trying to teach a high school kid. They couldn't do it. They can do it. First of all, but but also guys, people want to right? Like it's funny too, Joe. Now that we're speaking about this too, though, a guy might not. You may draft a guy first round, though, right? Second round, third round, whatever. He doesn't fit in your system, but go to another team and go ball. You be like, wow, what's going on? 
prime example. Remember Amar Brooks? We couldn't get Amar Brooks right in Cincinnati. That but that boy, with the, that boy with the San Fran became San a piece. I remember I mean, that. I mean, I mean, look at I Justin. I was so ready for him. Look Same at thing Justin. with Justin. Look at yeah. Justin. Justin, down, uh, Justin, a Hall of Fame player now. Yeah. You know everybody I mean? that, but it's so funny too, though. Everybody that leaves the Bengals go have great careers, bro. I hate to say it. Hey, come they on do. now. We got we're, we're different now, man. We're different. Hey, hey don't, don't 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 let Sean be on this, this Bengal bashing shit either right now. Yeah, I can't. Man, man, he he you see, like, how is he? Bad. How is Sean even doing stuff on the Bengals? Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused right now. No, I, man, I do stuff on every team. This bro. man is I, a Kansas City Chief fan. I'm gonna put it out there. We got running like when bets. I bring up those two we, we games got, last year. We, we got running bets in our group text. Bengals <laughs> versus Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, we on Twitter. He said, "Good." He said, "Good morning, Chief Kingdom, Chief, Chief Nation. Good morning. It's a great day." He don't say about Bengals Nation and who they. He don't be saying that. Now I, I talk about the Bengals sometimes. I do. I talk about the Bengals sometimes. I do talk about. I make it. I make it. I got to. Yo, because I'm gonna tell you what. Out of my t- out of my career, yeah, you know. I was undrafted journeyman, whatever. But most of my career spent in Ohio. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just, I, I'm always going to be in better than love. You know what I mean? I just like to stay up controversy and talk shit at the end yeah, of you the do. day. You do. You do. You, you know what hey, I mean? Man, De- December 4th in Cincinnati, Bengals Chiefs. Sean, you fly out here. I'll get you in. I, I I'm get there you too. in the game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to that game too. Are you going go- to that game? Yeah, there's no doubt going to the game. Yeah. Yeah, I, oh, matter of fact, I need to look at that. I need to look at the ticket right yeah. I, I want to tell, tell all the boys, Clem, get Clem to come up. All the boys, man, we get a gap back up there. Yeah. But we'll talk about, pop in, in. We'll talk about yeah. it in the group chat. Talk about I'm going to pop chat. in and act like I belong. <laughs> I'm going to call Elizabeth. Willie like you now because you was talking about O-line play. You knew a little something. To intrigue him to get him to get to get him going to understand. There you go. Because we really don't like too many people, man. I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. Just gonna say things. I wrote an article about Willie about a month ago. I got a follow on Twitter. It's all good, man. Me and Willie are straight. <laughs> yeah. Hey, since we're speaking a little bit college football, who's better, South Carolina or Auburn? Who better? I mean, I don't even know what y'all records are. I mean, uh, we bowl eligible. We bowl eligible right now. You know what I'm saying? We oh, y'all bowl eligible? Yeah, we bowl eligible. Okay, okay, okay. I came front then. I came front. But I, I get this, man. Like, like, you know, we we all were so proud last week, man. Cadillac, man, of just seeing, you know, you know, just keeping it real as a, as an African American coach, you know, being the SEC, being in being in Auburn, that, that that thing brought tears to guys' eyes. Plus the guy like Cadillac who's so beloved in Auburn. Uh, for him to give him a chance. And the way, you know, people was talking about, you know, he had some guys emotionally ready to play. You saw him on the, you saw him on the sideline. That was the most emotions we saw from an Auburn coach in a couple of years. You know but what even, I mean? Even after, even after the game, though. After, 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 after the game, game during the week, man. Like, game after the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was crazy. Damn, we, we, I said, man. That reminds me. You watch Saturday night versus Texas A&M. It's, it's going to be. That stadium gonna go crazy for I him. I think I can beat them though. I think I yeah. can beat and and them is beatable, bro. We beat no them. Doubt. We beat them. Oh, so. A and is very beatable. Yeah, A and M. Everybody, they everybody beating A and M right now. You, you know, shout out to my boy Damian Craig. But you know, my little brother is, is the quarterback coach, former Auburn guy at All Texas A right. and M. Man, we're gonna so ask Willie, you a couple. 
couple more questions before we let you go. Willie, go ahead. All right. I actually put out, uh, you, you know, you follow me on Twitter. You probably see me. I'm in the yeah. trenches, man, every day. Yes. Yeah, but no I put out, I just asked some of my Twitter followers, you know, some questions maybe that they want to answer. I thought maybe we could just rapid fire a couple questions. That's cool, that's cool, say. yeah. From, from Bengals fans. Um, here's a good one. We like to talk about this when we have guests on anyway. Um, Emily Williams asked, your favorite food or restaurant in Cincinnati? Ooh, I already know. What is it, Sean? I'm about to say Jeff Ruby's, bro. I do frequent... I do frequent Jeff Ruby's a lot. You know, Jeff Ruby showed me a lot of love. Um, Jeff Ruby's. A um, couple of the barbecue. It's a barbecue spot that Ace and, Ace and Zim just turned me on to, man. Um, I can't think of the freaking name. They'll be so oh, you, mad. You're talking, you're talking Midwest Barbecue and Creamery. And Mid, barbecue. Midwest Barbecue, yeah. yeah. Yo, they the food good. Wings. Yeah, they food good as hell, yo. Yeah, I, I ain't never I, had I was, that. I ain't yeah. Never Ace and that. Zim love it. They're a couple, man. They, they they from Atlanta too. A couple from Atlanta, so. Oh, uh, for Jeff, real? I got when yeah. I come to Atlanta, I gotta try them out. Yeah, no doubt. But but Jeff Ruby's Jeff Ruby does a good job. Also, my, my boy's Happy's Pizza. Don't my, my brother my brother own Happy's Pizza. Him, him and Corey Blunt. You know what I mean? Some of the best pizzas, some of the best wings. They serve rib tips. They, they it's called Happy's Pizza, but they serve way more food than just pizza. You know what I mean? And I, I leave you there like man, yo, my my diet is totally ruined. You know. <laughs> That's a cheat day. That's your cheat day, huh? No doubt, no doubt. So, so happiest pieces, my brother's own is definitely one of my favorite spots. Gotcha. Got you, got you. Another one that was asked, uh, she actually asked too. She said, "What's your favorite Thanksgiving dish?" You know, it's the season. It's coming up in a couple weeks. This is three point stance. We're all about the trenches. I like to eat. So, favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, a favorite dish? Shoot, nah, just as long as, as long as I got got me a plate. <laughs> but, but, but 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 I tell you I'm gonna tell you a story though. But I'm gonna tell you a story though. So Sean know this. So when in doing Thanksgiving, it's, it's always during the week of the season. So guys follow their parents up. It's always a hectic time. So hectic. And I had a time. My t- I had a townhouse. I moved in a townhouse. Like I think 98, 99 out in Kenwood. So I had like a five five bedroom townhouse. My parents family would come in, and my mom would just cook up all kind of damn food. All kind of food she cook up. So I had a massage guy in Cincinnati. Hat rack. And, uh, no, 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 no. One hat rack. This, this oh. is year, year before hat rack. Hat rack, because they're in Atlanta. They, I followed him to Cincinnati. This guy was from Kentucky. I forgot his name. He was one of the guys around the city. And he had never had sweet potato pie. He's from Cincinnati. He had pumpkin pie. So my mom had made like eight, nine cakes, pies, like sweet <laughs> potato pie. Sean know this, sweet potato pie. Hey. And so she, so she, had, she made a mistake and burnt like three of them. She burned three of them, so she was all mad. This dude tasted her pies and went bananas. He had never had sweet potato pie before. He had only had pumpkin pie in his life, and so we love to see in our family. We changed them over to sweet potato pies. I know, I know, I know. People uh, drew up in Ohio. Y'all love y'all pumpkin pies. Like, oh yeah, I don't touch. I don't touch pumpkin pie. <laughs> gotta be sweet potato, sweet potato pie. Sweet potato man. pie, that's it. Sweet potato pie, man. Sweet I'm not gonna lie. Pie, that mac and cheese, some yams. Oh my goodness, all that. I, I don't think I've ever had sweet potato pie. I can't see. Remember. I knew it. I knew it. We gotta bring you over <laughs> to the side, man. Come on, man. You gotta come it to change, the dark side, baby. Change, it'll change your life, Drew. It'll change your life. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll try anything. I promise. That's amazing. Uh, People have never had it before. And folks no, down here in the South don't don't eat pumpkin pie. They don't they don't eat it. 
Hmm. Uh, so another question I had come through from Joel Duffman. It's actually one that I thought was a really good question. Um, what is your relationship now with Andrew Whitworth? And was it any kind of mixed emotions watching him win a Super Bowl against the Bengals? Uh, I mean, it wasn't mixed. Like, first of all, he's my little brother. You know, just, just talked to him the other day. Um, I, I cheer for him. He cheered for me so hard. He's done so many things for me just behind the scenes, uh, talking to people about, about me and my career. And likewise, I do the same thing for him. You know, I, I have, I have raised with Whitwork. He's always shown me the utmost respect. And, uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't mixed emotions because I just was happy for the player. Whoever won, I was going to be happy for him. Put it like that. Right. Like, when he won it, I, I wasn't saying, damn. I was like, damn, like, Wick got a Marine. That's, that's, that's so cool. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it being against the Bengals. Like, if the Bengals had won, I've been I've been going crazy cheering my ass off for the Bengals. I would I wouldn't thought about oh man, but Witt don't have one. So whoever won it, it was it was gonna be a win win for me because I, I know how hard he's worked to get to that moment, and I know how hard the Bengals had worked as an organization to get to that moment as well too. So that's See, crazy was, you say that. That's crazy you say that because when uh, when the Rams won, Coach Henny Eric hit me on Facetime in the locker. That's right. Hit, that's right. That's right. Hitting the champagne, one. talking to me because you know I talked to Henny like once a week, bro. Yeah, we talked yeah. once a week, uh, and the shit was—it was just crazy, man, just to see Eric the line coach. Yep, just just the feeling, y'all. It took me a day, so you know we get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, I rented out like a whole bar, threw a big Super Bowl party, had all my family, friends, all that. I went crazy with it, and we lost. That Burrow got hit that last play. And I, I'm man enough to admit I started crying like tears. Wow, I, I was a lot, so a lot of a lot of folks did, bro. Don't don't be ashamed. Man. <laughs> my 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 daughter who's over one now was was younger than I was just holding her like man. And then the next day, I was like, all right, this sucks. This really really stings. Like I'm gonna think about this for the rest of my life. But I'm like, man, Whitworth did retire with a ring, so it, it was just that little bit of. Like okay, Wit deserved that, so it made it a little bit better. I still think always, that game every. I always day. wonder what people, you know, and it's funny talking to um, Jim um, and a bunch of other people who were old enough to watch my career, and you know, um, we didn't have. I think Twitter started the next year after I retired. Oh yeah, nine, you, you oh nine, you retired oh nine. Twitter started two thousand and ten, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, nineteen, yeah, yeah. So. We, we didn't have social media. So I, I always wondered. And so there have been times over the last 10 years, I've, I went and Googled and looked up what people were saying when I retired or, or when I left the Bengals and went to the Ravens. Because I, I I never heard anything. Because, you know, you know I got I got cut. Like, I got cut. Um, I didn't play in the last preseason game because I, I didn't have my orthotics made. They didn't have my orthotics made. The team, the team did. So, uh in the old, in that time, before the last, after the last preseason game, they do cut day. We have like a day or two off, right? So I told Marvin in the locker room, he's in Indy, hey Marvin, I need to fly home to Atlanta and get my orthotics made. So I'm thinking everything's gonna be cool. I mean, you know, even though they was playing around with me with Big Stacy, I'm starting, not starting, he started, not starting in preseason. I'm like, well, I know by the, by the, by the, when the season start coming, I'm gonna be the starter. But they had me. They was back, they had me backing up, bro. Like this shit was crazy. Like I never talk about this. That training camp. So <laughs> that just 
that minicamp actually walked out on the Bengals because uh, <laughs> I'm telling the story. So they they um had this plan because in 07, so 06, I made all pro, pro bowl. 06, we playing against the Raiders and Sam Adams want to play against his former team. He get all hyped up in pregame and tried to hip toss me in pregame. We teammates. And, and I reversed the hip toss but I, I I felt all 370 pounds of him make my <laughs> foot go crack. I heard, I, heard, I heard my foot crack. And I said, oh, my God, what was that? And so I went in the locker room and told Paul Sparling, and said, yo, man, something wrong. They put a big-ass needle in my foot this big, right right, right in the bone of my foot, shot it up. Played the whole year, 06, with that, um, I had a, I had a, um, a, a tibia tear in my leg. And my the bone that attached to the tibia in my foot had a hole in it. So I had to get my foot shut up every game. Yeah, so I then, remember that. Yeah, so <laughs> I couldn't practice harder during the week. Um, then 07, foot still bothered me during the beginning of the season, but I started back playing. We got to Seattle, I get rolled up. So I got I got a real bad bone bruise. Bone bruise. But I played the whole year in 06 with the foot injury, so the foot injury could be manageable. I was all pro that year. 07, I get hit, got a real bad bone bruise. It wasn't that I was getting old. I, I took a contact injury. I got hit. I knew in the offseason, they they franchised Big Stacy. I said, hold on. They franchised my backup? Like, what the hell? Like, who, who the hell does that? They, they, they franchised them? So, typical me, I wasn't coming in the offseason. I trained at home. So, they asked me to come up that one weekend. So I, I go up there one week. And uh, it's OTAs, I think. And uh, Paul is down there and said, hey, man, I want to talk to you after the meeting. He said, um, I told them I wanted to do this because they were going to do it to you. But I told them I wouldn't be the one who was going to do it. Now, I don't want Paul getting mad at me because I love Paul. Paul done a bunch of stuff for me. So Paul kind of tears up a little bit. And he's telling me, hey, you're going to um, – we're going to bench you. I said, what? I'm like, I started laughing. I said, for who? Then I thought about it. I said, oh, you're going to bench for states? I'm like, I just looked at him. And I said, man, the hell with y'all, man. I left. We went back home. I just left. And they, they called me. That. They called. Nobody knows. The first time I'm telling the story. They called me and called me and called me. I said, man, the hell out of here. Y'all going to bench me? Hey, matter of fact, did you not? Did you you was not even answering a phone call because Marv was calling you. You wasn't even answering. I'm like, the call. y'all gonna bench me like so? So I come, I come, I come at the mini camp. I, I do mini camp. I forget what happened. I can't even remember mini camp. But in in training camp, so this this 2008 uh, training camp, they experiencing with this. <laughs> we we call it like we call it something. Uh, I wasn't the starting tackle. I was like backing up, you know what I mean. And um, but I I would have okay games. I mean, but I'm like, it was it was just weird. So we get to the last preseason game, and I don't play in that game. And um, and uh, I tell Marvin, hey man, you know, this week I want to go home to Atlanta to get my orthotics made because, you know, your you guys orthotics guys didn't make my shoe correctly. You no know, matter, I got a size 18. I need. I need expensive orthotics. I can't have this guy who's a part-time fireman 
Sherman, man. You the you the part time fireman making our dots. No, no way. <laughs> like, man, get that out of here, man. I forgot about so, that. So, so, you remember dude being in the back room in the back? Yeah, in the back room, man. I make, used to come in there. Make, I used to be a hey man. Make, you know, I used to be an asshole. <laughs> he making he making some orthotics that feel like this right here. I like this cardboard paper. Like, man, what is this, man? I'm 340 pounds. My foot can't hold up on that. So I I, I went home. My guy in Atlanta. So I'm at home for a day. And I see Marvin's number called me. I never forget. I was at uh, First Watch. And I was at Jay Christopher's eating breakfast. He called me. He said, uh, did Terry call you? Terry's my agent. I already knew some bullshit was coming. I said, Terry, I said, Terry called me for what, Marvin? He said, well, you know, they want you to do this pay cut thing. I said, Marvin, I will hang this damn phone up. Y'all going to wait till the last cut day to try to get me on, on a, um, try to get me on a, uh, decrease my salary pay cut. I said, man, hell nah. So, <laughs> so I'm like, y'all crazy. You know, as a Sean, as a veteran, that last pay cut, if you, that last pay, that last cut. If you get cut, you as an old guy, you don't get picked get up the following week. It's hard to get a job the next week unless you just a team in need and somebody they really wanted you. Yep. So, so you the teams don't pick up old guys like that because they have to guarantee your contract. Yep. Right. So. So I'm thinking, oh, they're they trying to screw me. So I said, man, I said, Marvin, tell them do, do what they got to do. So Troy, Troy Blackburn called me. <laughs> I'm telling all kinds of secrets now. So Troy said, well, the training staff said, Willie, you said you ain't have to play. I said, huh? I said, Troy. So all those games, 117 straight games, a lot of them damn games, we freaking losing, getting our ass kicked. And I still play in every freaking damn game. I say all them damn years, 07 last year, y'all asked me to play in the last game. Uh, the last game against Miami. It was a meaningless game. Y'all said, play in that game. We're going to see if you still can play. I played in that game. I said, but my track record, Troy, has been, I've been a guy when people, stuff Brown have been getting shut down, I'm still freaking playing. I ain't talking about under Mark. I'm talking about them damn doing them 90 years. When yeah. we're going two and fourteen and all the three and thirteen shit, I'm still playing every damn game. I said, Troy, has that ever been my motto to not show up for a game to say I ain't I ain't got to play? Well, now nah, he said, Nah, Willie, that, that didn't sound like you, man. Um, so they ended up kept cutting me. I didn't even go back and get my stuff. I never went back to the, I never went back to Cincinnati. I went, I went I went from from Cincinnati. I was in Atlanta. I didn't go I didn't go back to get my my. Um, my, my my stuff cleaned out. I told them to ship my stuff to me, and uh, I was gonna visit. I was gonna visit the Bucks, and Hugh Jackson called me and said, "Man, come to Baltimore." I said, "Baltimore," and so I visit Baltimore. Now, Sean, you can imagine this. You've been to a couple of teams. I ain't never been to no, no other team. Never been to no no other team. You, you know how to act. That boy know how to act. And now I'm walking to the Lions den of the freaking Ravens. All these dudes who we trying to bust their ass every year, like we in we in battles and wars against them. I'm like, yo, I might get in a fight in the locker room. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on go mode. <laughs> like this big ass castle stadium, big ass Raven Bird on top of the stadium. I'm like, yo, this is like, like a real uh, lock neck monster castle type thing. I'm like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> so I go in there and I go upstairs, talk to Ozzy. Ozzy from the crib. You no, know, his mom from Mobile, where I'm from. 
So me, I'm just talking about, you know, like we, we chopping it up. You know, I, I've never talked to management the way I talked to, 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 to Ozzy. Talked to Steve Bashotti, the owner. Unbelievable. Um, talked to Cam Cameron, the O-line coach. Um, O-line coach John Masco, who I'm still cool with now. He's, he's a coach at, at the Commanders. And, and I walked in. Um, I was sitting. I was sitting in the Ravens. Uh, I was sitting in John Masco, offensive line coach's office. When I and I hear somebody say, "That's how I damn right tackle should look." I turned around. It was Rex Ryan. He got up. I, I dap Rex up, hugged him. He like, "Yo, this kind of motherfucker we need right here." <laughs> and so I'm that's like, that, "Hey, I'm like, that's so, how so he I'm like, I'm like, "Oh damn, this is kind of crazy right here." Like this, this guy, this guy, we've been battling. Like Rex was Rex was a defensive line coach when Marvin was the D coordinator. Mm-hmm. So I've been battling against Rex for years. So I'm still like, so um, I leave out of that meeting, talk to Cam Cameron. I tell I tell uh, John Masco, I said, yeah, coach, if I came here, man, I'd just, be, I'd just be a backup man, you know, and just be a mentor. He, he was like, shit. He said, not here. He said, you come in, you're going to play. <laughs> so, so I said, all right. So I go downstairs and uh they said, where you going next? I said, to Tampa, because I always wanted to play in Tampa. I want to go, I want to go, I want to go retire in Tampa, live in Florida, and you know, just lit, last couple of years, lit, you know, be there. Hugh said, Hugh Jackson was there. He said, Man, bring your big ass in the locker room. I said, nah, <laughs> man, I ain't going in the locker room, man. That's kind of crazy going in the locker room. Like, I've been in one locker room my whole career. And uh, he said, No, bring, bring your big ass in. I already told him you, you coming in here. And when I walked in the door, Trevor Price, Bart Scott, Ray Lewis, T. Sizzle, uh, Ed Reed, all them boys I, I done played against, they all yell, Big Willie! <laughs> and I said, oh. all right, I'm coming here. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't even going to. Once they all did that, I was like, oh, shit, I, I'm supposed to be here. Like, they ain't had no quarterback. <laughs> we ain't know Joe Flacco going to be the coach. Because you, you remember... Troy Vincent was supposed to be the, the, the QB that year. He got sick and lost like yeah, 40 Troy times. Smith from Ohio Troy State. Smith, Troy Smith. Troy Smith. Yeah. Troy Smith. So Ohio Joe State. was Flacco was supposed to be sitting on the bench that year. So when I said that, so I said, TJ and Carson, they both called me. I never get that. TJ Car- Carson, I think Levi may be on the phone. TJ is your other agent. Yes, you know, other agent. TJ and Carson said, what the hell is your dumb ass doing? You're going to the Ravens? Carson wanted me to go to San Diego because him and North Turner were neighbors. He said, he said, bro, you're going to love San Diego. You can live out there on the beach. Your body going to feel good. He said, Norm ain't going to kill you at practice. He a good dude. Da, 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 da. I said, man, I ain't going to damn San Diego. My, my son lives in Atlanta. I'm going so I can get on the plane and make a, go home. He said, the Ravens going to be sorry as hell this year. And I said, well, we'll see about that. And we go to the freaking AFC Championship game, man. It was it was at, at the most fun, you know. I can't, most, I can't that's lie. The most wins, that's the most wins you don't want in the playoffs, my guy. It is. I can't lie. I know Bingo fans get mad at me saying that, but, like, I tried in Cincinnati. I, I tried my ass. Y'all, you guys know that. I busted oh, my absolutely. ass for, for 12 years there. But, the most, the, you know, winning that first playoff game against Miami on the road, and then winning the second one against um, the Titans on the road and going to Pittsburgh where I wanted to beat them so bad. It, it was Pittsburgh, I, the last thing I'll tell you guys, the Pittsburgh game is the most violent, coldest game 
I've ever played in my life. I thought uh, I thought uh, Ryan Clark had killed Willis McGahee. I thought he was dead. Flacco threw a pass down the middle. Ryan decapitated McGahee. I, I was pass blocking. I looked up. I said, oh, shit, he, he's dead. I know he's dead. It was the most violent game I've ever been in my life. Like, we think, we think Cincinnati, Pittsburgh is that's a big, like, the amount of hate. Listen, let me tell you a couple more stories. The amount of hate. I got all night, man. I got all night the, for you. Listen, man. the amount of hate the Ravens organization had and have for Pittsburgh is unfreaking match. I'm going to tell you something I probably shouldn't tell. <laughs> listen. The Ravens had a hit man for Hines. I told Hines Ward when I retired. I said, Hines, them boys got a hit man for you. Yeah, because you know, everybody hated when Hines come across with that. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm telling somebody I probably shouldn't tell right now. But they had, they had a guy. They had a guy at the Ravens. His job was to keep Hines Ward off of Ed Reed. You probably said, what? This nah. guy's job. They, I, I want to say the guy got <laughs> cut the previous year because Hines caught Ed sleeping, sleeping, and knocked him out. So they had a guy on defense. Your job is to keep an eye on Ed, on, on, on Hines Ward off of Ed because Ed couldn't focus. Because Hines, Hines would be blocking right here and Ed running down here. Then he just come off and just knock Ed out. <laughs> Like, he did it to Keith Rivers too. Did to keep like Hine was just a physical, dangerous guy. Hey, and, did he and, not and, keep Keith Rivers' teeth out? Like he broke his jaw. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but um, the Ravens man, those speeches we used to hear next door. You hear Rex Ryan, the speeches he gave, bro. Sean, you love playing Rex. Good God, Look, nah, play I, uh, you know he was in Cleveland when he came with Man Genie. Well, hey, Rob, 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 Rob came. Another thing too, we play, we play as a team. I ain't gonna, ain't gonna say the person, but the center is a really, 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 really good center. He's all pro center. If I if I say his other accolades, you guys may figure it out. But I don't say it. He apparently a couple years before I got there, he had one thing the Ravens did too under Rex Ryan. They kept grudges. Oh yeah, they, re they remember something. They remember shit happened four five years ago. So two things. So that center I'm talking about, he wore a big ass elbow brace. And boy, Haloli Nada was Rex Ryan's hitman. <laughs> the strongest dude you ever see in your life is Haloli Nada. That was a bad and, dude. And his job was to break that dude's elbow. We won the playoff game because Haloli Haloli broke that dude's elbow. <laughs> he had a big ass yeah. elbow pad on it. And so another thing we played against Dallas, the last game of the old stadium, Sean, we shut it down. We beat, we beat the dog crap out of out of uh, Dallas that game, out of, out of the old stadium. It's the last game on a, on a Thursday night game, the Ravens. Uh, hey, I, I like I the old Texas Stadium, man. That, that, yeah. I, I played in that old-ass building, man, going down that we went, tunnel, man, that ramp. We played like 300 yards that night. I think every run of our running backs, McGee had 100. The other running back had 100. I think Ray Rice may have like 80. We beat the hell out of Dallas. But – on Dallas team, I want to say it was it was in Dallas or Jacksonville Jaguars. That was the last story to tell. That was a punt, a guy on a punt team. He may have been a punter. 
years before he played on the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. <laughs> and he blindsided one of the defensive guys. And they didn't forget about it. And boy, <laughs> they put Haloti on the freaking punt return team. Oh my God. He decapitated that dude. I thought dude was dead too. I said, oh, he did. Look at the lineman. We all run on the field with perp return. I said, that dude dead. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yo, the boys were violent. Yo, God. they were violent, bro. It was it was a beautiful thing to see and to to watch to watch Ray Lewis come out of that damn tunnel. I ain't gonna lie, I turned to a kid. You know, um, it'd be like uh, John Harbaugh would say, um, "It'd be crazy." We say, "Offense getting introduced." Everybody's okay. Everybody's all good. Defense getting introduced. Everybody go crazy. Oh shit. <laughs> They knew because when Ray came out of that stadium, when Ray came out of that stadium, uh, the boy Jeff Fisher made his team keep warming up, Sean. You ain't never seen before in your life. Usually we would be on the sideline watching Ray come out as 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 an opponent. We all watching that shit as players, right? Like, yo, man, the hell with them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jeff Fisher made his team keep warming up and turn their back to it so they couldn't see it. Because, boy, he came out of that stadium, boy, that thing turned to Hey. That you feel that thing vibrate, boy. That thing, hey, I've never experienced that in my entire life. I said, said, yo, as an opponent, I used to watch it. You used to get us hyped. I'm gonna go beat the ass now. But as a player, when he do it, he he had just he had just prayed on you and everything. Cause the rake him out of the room with a bottle of holy oil. (laughs) He put he put in everybody. And we all like kids, like yo, we put our head down so you can do it. He put it here, he, he it's right, it's right, baby. It's right, it's right. Go like it was amazing, man. But um, I keep saying last thing, but he was last thing. So we played the Bengals, and so Harbaugh always have a player talk to the team night before the game. So I already knew he was gonna pick me, he picked me, but I was too emotional. I said, I can't do it right now because. I'll start crying right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'll start crying, and I'll be too messed up for the game tomorrow. So I said, let, let me do it before the game tomorrow. So if I start crying, I'm ready to go fucking play. <laughs> I don't want to do it tonight <laughs> and be crying and, be, go, and, and go to bed and, and can't go to bed tonight because I knew it was going to be messed up for me because I had never been in the Bengals stadium as a, an opponent, right? Get to the stadium. Uh, get to the stadium. Get dressed. And... All right, guys, Willie, bring it up. I started talking. I started boo-hoo crying. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I'm boo-hoo crying. I'm talking about, you know, yo, I'm saying, I ain't going to say what I said because the Bengals fans get mad. I'm boo-hoo crying talking, though. They all getting, they getting hyped like, it, like they was wild animals in there. And um, so I'm like, I walk out of the tunnel. I, I remember going up the tunnel, and I, I remember getting dizzy. Because I've never seen the stadium from that side before. So you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a different view, man. It's a different view. I got, I got dizzy and I almost fell. And I heard a voice behind me saying, don't worry about it. We got you. And I said, what the hell is that? I turned around. It was Ray. He was in my ear. <laughs> he was like, yo, we got you. And then so when, I came, when, I, when I came out, the Bengal fans, and much love they showed me all the time. They showed me even more love. I the tunnel. I start crying anymore because they all start screaming my name. And Ray Rice said, Ray Rice was a rookie. He said, damn, Big Willie, these folks love you, huh? 
I said, man, I guess they do. I dapped them up and ran out. Like, and then we, we won the game. They, they pulled me out of the game for the last play of the game. Sideline gave me a whole Gatorade douche. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, Sean, Sandy, Sandy shit told me she started crying when they did that. <laughs> ah! <laughs> it was crazy, man. Like, oh, yo, man. I was oh, so man. I was so messed up, man. I know I'm talking, talking so long now, but nah, you too, so, man. I was, I was so messed up because I had fought. I opened that stadium up. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, nah, yeah, you, you, you there from the beginning. Open that shit up. So coming back in it, I never thought I would play as a um, an opponent in that stadium. Never thought I'd do that. You know what I mean? It, it just messed me up doing that. Nah, you was fortunate, man. So, so, nah. so now the other night at the Ring of Honor, I, I, my boy said, "Man, you gonna cry?" I said, "Hell, cry." But then when I said my name, when when the veil came off. Bust start crying, screaming to Yeah, because it's real then. You know it's real then. It's like, bro, your name is on a building. No doubt. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? That? That's something that you can't never take away from you. Like, can't take your degree. Can't Certain things people can't take away from you. Certain things you can take away. Goals, you know what I mean? That's just whatever. You can say, Willie, this, this, and that. But guess what? His name's still on that building. Yeah. And, 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 and I recognize, too, how many people played for the Bengals that played before me. Because I was one of the guys on Twitter, y'all know this. I was saying last year, don't put none of the current guys in. Put some of the older guys in, man. Because no, I had a yeah. chance to talk to Kid Riley in 2017 at one of the Bengals events before he passed away. And he said, man, I sure wish this place to do something for us to recognize us. So, you know, he was, he was, he was an old man. And, and he wanted his family to see something he did. It was just it's unfortunate. Legacy. Yeah, unfortunate. He didn't, he didn't get a chance to see it. So I was, I was one of the ones pushing that, yo, man, get those guys from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, get, get those guys in first before. I never thought they would pick me. I, I thought it would be, you know, Ocho, and, and I was hoping it would be, like, uh, one of the older guys. So I, I was so glad they picked Isaac Curtis because I learned I learned from this whole experience to, with the Ring of Honor. I knew how big Isaac Curtis was, but I, I didn't know what he meant to people. And I learned yeah. during that week – just from the fans and the teammates, I learned what he meant. I had people from Alabama calling me and say, yo, man, I grew up, sports reporters from my hometown saying, yo, I grew up watching Isaac Curtis. And it's just, it just unfortunate we never knew about that history. So I'm, I'm so glad it's doing this history. And I wish they would do four guys a year just, just, just to catch up. You know what I mean? So, And I think they might. I think they might start, you know. He got also a copycat league and start yeah. seeing other teams yeah. doing what everybody else doing, man. But it, was, it was a great time, man. It, it, it did a great thing. It's one of the best things the Bengals, I think, the Bengals have ever done. Um, and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so damn much. The fans, everybody voted for me. But I do know there's so many other guys out there, you know, you know, Sean or this. I, I push for Corey Dillon being hard. I think Corey Dillon. Right, Corey Dillon should be Corey Dillon. Corey uh, Dillon, you know what I mean? Just guys from our era, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, guys like that. But I, I think Corey Dillon, Takeo, and Ocho. I mean, I think Takeo. Guys should be, should be in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? I, I think Corey, Takeo next. I think Takeo. I, I was arguing with Gil Brent, the great Gil Brent, on Twitter a couple years ago. He listed top running backs. He didn't mention Corey. I'm like, man, how you not mention Corey? And, and, and Gil Brent was like, well, Willie, you got a little bias. You played. I said, I said, yeah, all due respect. But if Corey Dillon had just a average passing game, average, he break. I'm gonna go say he break every every NFL record because he broke several with no passing game. You know what I mean? You get you get you give him Carson Palmer. You know, 
Rudy Johnson is my son. Rudy Johnson is my little brother. Corey Dillon had Carson Palmer, and and not being in, you know, Corey, Corey, Corey faced eight nine man boxes. We nine man face. box. Crazy. They didn't, they didn't even respect our passing game. You know what I mean? So if so, Corey go to New England and play with the greatest QB ever. Sixteen hundred yards in Super Bowl. So yeah. I think Corey Dillon should definitely be a Hall of Famer. Like I, I love this and Corey Dillon. So most definitely, man. Yeah, hey man. man, we we appreciate you coming on today. And before I let you go, though, I gotta let you know too. My mom said I told her I was uh, having you on the show today. She said she remember coming to the stadium because my brother was messing with her. You don't know who Willie is. She's like, yeah, I do. You can't forget Willie, big dude. Always had his uh, at the parking lot. She remember at the stadium. Your name, your parking space was right yeah, there in the front. Yeah, she remember yeah. that, man. <laughs> so she remember that. She's like, I don't know Willie that up, man. You know what I mean? But man, like I said, man, appreciate you coming on, man. Continue the success what you got going on. We'll uh when it's link out, I'll get it to you so you can promote it too. Let people know and do it everything. We're gonna let you uh like we just put up everything bigwilly.com, man. Promote man, I gotta give me some merch, my damn self, man. You know, I don't mind supporting everything, man. So yeah, happy holidays to you, this. man. Yeah, yep. appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. And um if anybody on here too, um, you know, got an office alignment, you know, my my, my other website is my Willie Aronson Lineman Academy dot com. You know, we we train high school, college, pro guys. Sean do the same thing in Dallas. Sean, we're doing camps in Dallas this year, so get ready, bro. Oh, I'm ready, bro. You know, you know I'm get ready, ready, man. I'm, I'm ready, bro, because you, you can take over, man. I just want you to stay healthy, bro, so we can, we can dominate. With your name and everything, people, to, bro, you can shut up shop like how you have it in uh, ATL, bro. No doubt, man. Appreciate it, guys. Yep. Yeah, Willie, man, from me, just, you know, I'll be 31 on Friday. So you were like right in the, the age when I was coming up, man. The, the young guy. The 05, yeah. So, man, been a pleasure to talk to you, man. It's something that I've actually talked about a lot, even since I hopped on your Instagram live last season, man. It's been, a, been an honor. So I appreciate that. And no as a Bengals fan, I know that I speak for everybody when we appreciate how you still support the organization and stay involved, man. So this was no a doubt. pleasure. And I, I appreciate you taking the time for us. No doubt, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right, have a good one, man. All right, all right bro. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. For me, that's like a dream come true interview right there. Nah, most definitely, man. Um, We could wrap it up here real quick, get into uh, the picks. And... Yeah, I'll pull this up. Uh, so this one went a little bit longer, but, man, I could have nah, listened to Willie all night. I could have listened to Willie all night, those stories. You know, he gave us some, some stuff he said he's never no, told. No, he gave us some hot takes. I know you're going to try to fuck with it. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> oh, yeah. But let's get into the picks. I tallied it up earlier today. My lead got bigger, Sean. Yeah, it messed me up a little bit. A couple of games messed me up. My lead got bigger. So, right now, you are sitting at 75-60-1. I am 87-48-1. So, I got that 12-game lead on you. I'm going to grab my pen. We'll go through this next uh week of games we'll make our picks and then we'll uh we'll get up out of here you picked against my Bengals last week man and they they went out and dropped anything they wanted on carolina last week yeah i just thought carolina was gonna bounce back so looking at the schedule for this week we start off we start off with thursday night football big uh amazon prime matchup we got the panthers going to the falcons uh I'm sorry, the Falcons going to the Panthers. So you, do you think the Panthers bounce back this week or you think Mariota gets gets the job done? Uh, Mariota. 
All right, you're going with Atlanta. I am going with Atlanta as well. I just don't believe in what Carolina's got going on. Sunday, November 13th, Seahawks-Bucks in Tampa. Tom Brady got right last week against the Rams with the game-winning drive at the end. Do you think he keeps it going, or do you think Geno keeps his magic going? Geno. I am going with Seattle as well, man. Stop stealing my picks. I think the Geno magic's going to keep cooking. Uh, we got Vikings and Bills. That's actually a, a big game. The Vikings are playing really good ball. Josh I got Bills Vikings. a little bit banged up. Vikes. I'm still picking the Bills. I'm still picking the Bills. I cannot pick against Josh Allen. I know that he's a little bit banged up, but he's going to play, so I'm going with Josh Allen. And then we got the Lions and the Bears. Justin Fields getting something going. You got Lions, you got Bears. Uh, Bears. Man, see, I'm going with the Bears, too. I think Justin Fields is kind of figuring something out. They're they're tailoring the offense to him. Uh, Broncos and Titans. You were a Nashville guy. You used to play there. Uh, I think the the Broncos Titans. are cooked. I'm going with the Titans. Um, that's a pretty easy pick, I feel like. And then we got Jaguars. Chiefs, come on, man. I know what you're doing here. You're going with the Chiefs. I am going yep. with the Chiefs also. Uh, Browns and Dolphins. I'm going with Miami. I think Tua's back. And I think they're going to keep it going. I need Cleveland to, to lose to kind of get out of the division race anyway. I got Cleveland. You going with Cleveland? Yeah. You think a Jacoby Brissett revenge game or something? Yep. All right. Then we got Texans, Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. The Texans are trash. Yeah, I go with Giants too. And then we got Saints and Steelers. Uh... Ooh, I'll go Saints. It looked a little bit rough for the Saints last week, but the Steelers, uh, they, they got all kinds of problems. T.J. Watt is back, though, so that could do something, but I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Then we got Colts Raiders. Real quick, Frank Reich fired. Jeff Saturday brought in as the head coach. You got any thoughts on that as a former player? He came straight off the TV desk. I, I, I have no comment. I plead the fifth on that one. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. I, I fuck with Jeff Saturday, but you. No, I like him, but I just, I just don't. You don't bring somebody that's not hasn't been in the organization the whole, the whole season. He's been on TV, so. Right, uh, I'm going with the Raiders on that one. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to get things going. He's got a, a 30 year old play caller nobody's ever heard of. Things might get a little rough. I'm going with the Raiders. Yep, I got you. Me too. And then we got Packers and Cowboys, man. Aaron Rodgers with another loss last week. Shit is looking bad in Green Bay. Does he bounce back against Dallas, or does Dak keep things going? Mm. I'm going to go Cowgirls. I'm going with Green Bay. Uh, For some reason, uh, something's going to happen, man. Aaron Rodgers is going to do something. Cardinals and Rams. We got Kyler versus Stafford. Rams. With the Rams on that one. Yeah, I don't think that that's – Going to be particularly close. Uh, Chargers 49ers. That is going to be a good game. Sunday night football. I'm 49ers. struggling with that one a little bit. I think I'm 49ers. going Niners too. I, I don't know. Something about the run game, McCaffrey. Then we got Monday night football. Commanders, Eagles in Philly. I think we both know we're both big high on Philly. I'm picking Philly. Yep. I'll be at the game. <clears throat> oh, so. you're going. Okay. You're gonna go uh check out Kyron again. You was uh, you were in Houston last week, right? Yep. Cool, cool. 
Well, there's the picks. We'll see how we are next week. We're going to wrap this up because we did run a little bit long. But, man, shout out to Willie. That was awesome. Some great stories. Some great, great nah, insight. Some great information. Some play. insight. Different intel. You know, hey, that's the thing about three-point stands. You never know who we're going to have on, what kind of information we might get. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So we will we will be back in here next week, wrapping up week 10, getting everything ready to go as we push toward the playoffs. Shout out real quick to Evermore Water and Cookie Society, uh, two of our sponsors of the show. I still haven't got no cookies, Sean. Man, you'll get them soon, man. Trust me. My brother's man. here right now, the AKA the producer. He'll make sure we uh <laughs> make sure we uh make sure we get that to you. All right. All right. Heard yes, sir. Right. So, yeah, man, we will be back in here next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Have a good one. It's going down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.